0: All right, Pencil Talk Live. This is a uh, a new edition, a, a brand new, fresh with a new partnership and collaboration with foulpole Sports. Um, if you're not a college baseball fan, and I know that it's a um, kind of like an IPA, it's a uh, overtime time, overindulged potentially. It's a an acquired taste. Uh, we here at Falpole, along with uh, the Pencil Talk Pod, we're here to inspire those to maybe give you a reason to watch. Uh, as we were kind of getting ready to do this and and look into how we can kind of promote matchups, I thought about the one person I know who actually might love college baseball more than anybody on the planet. Um, it's my guy, Joe Satterfield. Um, for our viewers and listeners at home, Joe, I've known Joe since we were in high school, played high school baseball against Joe. He went on to have a very illustrious uh, career uh, where he actually got to play in college.
1: You can go ahead and tell him, Jack, that you beat me in a state championship, just so we can get it out of the way. It's not a big deal, but it's okay.
0: I mean, I I didn't want to let people know that high school was my kingdom this early into it. I did peak in high school, and that's okay. Best high school, best ball I played was in high school. That's I, we're, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that did may or may not happen. I'm sure there'll be many a jokes made in that uh, in that regard. But (laughs) Joe, after losing in a high school state championship, Joe went on and actually play college baseball, where I watched a lot. Um, An Elon Phoenix, Hall of Famer, I said that on a broadcast probably 17 times about a week or so ago. So if it's true, great. If it's not, I guess journalism isn't real. Um, But after a really illustrious career with the Phoenix, Joe went and played at the University of South Carolina with one of my best friends, Jared Bennett. They were good buddies there. So that's how um, our friendship kind of, really took off and uh since getting to know joe through Jarrett, um he, he's an animal he's insane he's made me pee my pants uh, literally and figuratively laugh so hard a couple times um but uh, a guy that that knows the game better than anybody but more importantly loves the game and to me in the world of college baseball how do you get people to, to get on board you got to find people filled with passion so joe
1: thanks for being here man jack man i appreciate it um First off, thank you for the warm introduction. Uh, I'm not sure I'm an Elon Hall of Famer. I did get I did play baseball at Elon University, but and I was a good player there, but I was not close to the best player on my team. I played with a few guys like George Kirby, Kyle Branovich, Cam Devaney, Ty Adcock, Ryan Conroy, all these guys. I'll keep name dropping, but they were all a lot better than me. So uh, I do appreciate it. But uh, like you said, you know, I like a lot of things in life. I'm a you know, I like a lot of different things, but I absolutely love college baseball. So I'm super excited to uh, get to talk the game with you guys and also, you know, break down each matchup as we go through the weekend, get to know these college players a little bit more and kind of bring a different perspective to college baseball than I think uh, a lot of guys have had before. So super excited for the opportunity and uh, can't wait to talk off.
0: I know, man. It's cool. I think, you know, me and my boy Cole German, who, who we, we started this whole idea about, you know, inspiring the aspiring. And then a couple months into it, we kind of looked at each other. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like let's dig our heels into what we know best because the whole premise around it was really to start with, Hey man, let's, let's have an excuse to catch up with guys that we haven't seen in a while and bring back that they always call it locker room talk. But to me it was more so like the conversations you have after a Sunday night, you know, sweep, or you got swept or you salvaged a series. Um, those conversations where you get to talk ball, but it's more so the brotherhood. Um, so that's what we tried to relive. So we'll, we'll bring in a lot of different names and faces to join us. You know, we've mentioned Jarrett and Brian Sondran, guys that um, embody what it was to play college baseball, even if it wasn't, you know, for me, I was a, a four-year bullpen catcher. It was, uh, I wouldn't wish that life upon anybody. But with those experiences, you live a, a life as a student athlete that is unmatched um, so that's what we're going to try to bring to life. Um, we'll bring on guests, interviewees, um, former friends and teammates and players that, and guys that are still rocking and rolling with it. So I think it'll be, you know, bring an opportunity for us to not only share the love of the game, but also share some light on guys that are doing it now that are doing it at an unparalleled clip, um, you know, with just two weeks to go conference weekend matchups this weekend. Um, this is that kind of that time of the year. I, I didn't plan a lot of these kind of important games. I know you did. Um, I, it just means more at this point, like not to sound as cliche as it fucking gets, but it's true.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously when the year starts, you kind of have those butterflies and you're super excited to get it going and then you kind of get into that lull. I would say lull because it's kind of that mid-March to mid-April time where it's almost a grind. You know, every day you're waking up and, you're absolutely wanting to win, but you're also wanting to get through the day. And that's just facts. I think guys that have played college baseball know what I'm talking about. Um, You know, your coaches might not want to hear you say that, but that is the truth. And I think it goes from that little lull of mid-March to mid-April to where, you know, if you're a team that's competing in your conference or competing to get into the, you know, you know, NCAA tournament, then this absolutely turns that level up from maybe a four or a five to a seven or an eight really, really quick. And, I think obviously with some of the matchups that we're going to have this weekend with such big postseason implications, you know, games are going to get a little bit chirpier games. Fans are going to get a little bit more fired up. And this is when college baseball really seems to take off and become a lot of fun.
0: Dude, I had, you know, just a, a week or so ago, I had Elon, no, those two weeks now I had Elon and college of Charleston down in Patriots point. And you could feel like it's just different. Right. And it, Obviously, the CAA I think is one of, the, and we'll talk a lot about this. I think in the coming of weeks, but CAA one of the more underrated conferences in all of college baseball. I mean, I, I can make an argument that the top four teams, you know, are better than a lot of the Power Five teams that you'll see this year, um, with the College of Charleston, Wilmington, Northeastern, and then obviously the Phoenix as well. They've been unbelievable, but it is—it's a total. I the aura completely changes pregame, and you can see it and feel it with the guys, even just in BP, knowing that it means a little bit more, especially when it comes out to tiebreakers and whatnot. But, but you said it games with a lot of implication on the line. Um, made me think, I think we got to start with your boys, the Gamecocks, as they had the to, to land of Wu Pig Sui this weekend. All right, the, the boys are scuffling a little bit, but I mean, still one of the more talented lineups in the country
1: fans to do a little bit of a breathing exercise with me right here. We're going to go in through the nose for about five seconds and out through the mouth for five <laughs> Just relax, right? I mean, I'm a Gamecock fan. I got the opportunity to play at the University of South Carolina. There is nobody that loves the Gamecocks more than I do. And I'm not going to be biased in my pick, but please do relax. I think, obviously, South Carolina – has obviously battled the injury bug for the last few weeks. Um, Will Sanders is not making the trip to Fayetteville this weekend, and Coach Kingston has completely switched up the pitching rotation, which I know a lot of fans are kind of freaking out about, but I think it'll be a great thing. I think you're putting a great veteran leader, Jack Mahoney, you're taking him out of the Saturday spot. You're putting him into a more versatile role out of the bullpen. Eli Jones, a young guy that's going to get the ball on Friday night, got a ton of energy, a guy that I know the teammates – his teammates absolutely love and respect, and they're excited to see him throw on Friday night. And then you get Matthew Becker again on Sunday and the opportunity for possibly James Six on Saturday. So I think South Carolina, look, their pitching staff is great, and they're deep. It's not been great the last few weeks, but maybe you shuffle it around. It's like a – like sometimes it's like a, a hitting lineup, right? You might have nine really good players that aren't hitting one at the time. You move that lineup around a little bit, and guys seem to get going. So I'm excited for, to see South Carolina play this weekend. Arkansas is obviously a really tough place to go and win a series at, but what a story it would be for South Carolina to go from scuffling to going to get a huge SEC series win this weekend in Arkansas. And I don't think a lot of people are expecting them to do that.
0: Yeah, dude. And I don't want to – because we are going to sound biased because I'll do it and I'll remind you that, yes, this team is only 12 losses on the season. They lost four games at home. Like, There's a reason that they're still sixth in the country. Like, yeah, they've lost back-to-back weekend sets and four in a row – but, like, teams are going to lose. Like, it all comes in waves. So, when I when I blow up South Carolina here, like, like I know them, it's because I, I, I've watched them all season long. Like, they're unbelievable. With that being said, Kendall Diggs has one of my favorite left-handed swings in Fayetteville. Like, dude, the kid's unreal. But from the Gamecock standpoint, like, they've been battle-tested on the mound. But I think when you go into a weekend set like this where everyone in the world that cares about college baseball is betting against you, right? Like everyone's hammering the Razorbacks right now. It's a really unique spot for a bunch of guys that are getting their first time in weekend starting opportunities to go in with a chip on their shoulder in the sense that like, dude, I'm playing with house money here. Like I've got absolutely nothing to lose. And when you take a mentality like that, it's really unmatched because this is a team that came into this season with little to no expectation. They came in and outperformed. They had to play dang near perfect to garner everybody's respect. And, you know, you were able to do it with underclassmen in Cole Messina who, who was injured a lot in his freshman year. He's come on and I think been, if not the best catcher in the country, maybe one a one B with Kyle Teal at university of Virginia. He's been spectacular. I'm obviously a little biased because he's for the brand and came on the pod. But but even outside of that, I mean, Petri's been obviously everyone knows the story to hit 20 plus homers, break the freshman homer record. He's been insane. But but, Joe, you know, like you've been in really great locker rooms. It's like this group didn't know they were supposed to be this good this quickly. And when you get a team that's like kind of outperforming expectations, now you're going to get punched in the face a little bit. I think the same thing now they've kind of got that like, all right, you guys are doubting us a little bit. They'll head down to Fayetteville. I I think that they take two from the Razorbacks, Um, not because I think Arkansas isn't going to be a contender for Omaha, which they'll be knocking on the door like they do. It seems like in the last two decades, but because I think Carolina's got a lot to prove outside of a loss to North Florida, and, you know, they've they've looked bad against, what, Kentucky, who's a top-ten team, and it, it's just been tough. The Auburn loss at home hurts, but the Gamecocks are right where they need to be.
1: I agree, and I think what you kind of touched on it with Cole Messina kind of growing into this leadership role this year. I think that's what South Carolina is going to really need and have to look for this weekend is somebody on the offensive, you know, in the offensive side of the plate – in the middle of the lineup, can you slow the game down, right? Can you consistently throughout the weekend, can we get back to swinging at good pitches, pitches that we can hit, pitches that we can drive? And that offense, when they're doing that, when they're staying you know, very disciplined at the plate, getting good pitches to drive, and they're swinging at good pitches, you've seen the power numbers that they can put up with the Cassis, with Petrie, with Messina. So the, the, the ability is there. It's Can we slow everything down? Can we kind of stop pressing, right, both on the pitching staff and on the offensive side of the ball? Can we just go play the game that South Carolina played for the first 75% of the season? And I think they will this weekend.
0: I think so, too. And, too, I think even if they don't, right, like it's not the end of the world, but in the SEC, like it gets scary because you're like, all right, man, like, you've got, you've got three this weekend. You've got Tennessee who is the top five preseason pick next weekend. So like, it just feels like a lot, but it amounts, but everybody knows too, like it's all about getting hot at the right time. So you go in and, and even you win a game, you feel good about where you're at. You head to Hoover and all of a sudden anything can happen.
1: This message forward to this time last year, I'm sure they, they weren't expecting to be, you know, national champions come the end of June. So you want to get hot at the right time, just like you said. And I think when you have the right pieces, right, and you have talent, it gives you an opportunity to get hot at the right time. And I think that's what South Carolina has.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's, I mean, we had, you say all those names. You, you forget about Casas in the mix of like, you know, he misses four or five games, but like outside of that, like was leading the country in homers through the first month of the season. Like
1: he's a freaking moose. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. yeah. McGillis coming back, you know, defensively, what a, when that's going to be. And this isn't a shot on anybody else on, you know, South Carolina, but Will McGillis as good as he was offensively early in the year was just as good defensively. Um, Some of the plays that he made, the range that he showed. So getting some of that athleticism back, getting Wimmer back in the middle of the infield, hopefully this weekend as well, that should help the pitching staff, right? That should kind of give the pitching staff a little bit more confidence to turn around and say, okay, well, I'm really quick up the middle. And I'm really solid on the corners again. So, you know, let's pitch to contact. Let's get some early outs and let's kind of get it rolling that way.
0: Now, I did. I did want to ask you this for, you know, for a pitching staff for a younger team heading into Fayetteville, like we mentioned, is one of the most raucous environments in the country. You had a, a grad senior at, at year at, at South Carolina. And I've asked our boy, Jared Bennett, this, you know, many times in Cam and Parker and all those guys, uh, did, where was the most. And we can admit, to there's got to be a couple intimidating spots where you walk in and you go, man, this is pretty stupid. Like, is Arkansas up there? I don't, I don't know if you guys played there that year, but is there a spot
1: that ranks oh. up
0: there?
1: Right. I mean, I don't know if intimidating is the word to say, but Ole Miss was just such an awesome atmosphere. Um, you know, they know everything about you there. But at the same time, they did sweep us. They were super nice after the sweep. So, I mean, you know, I wasn't very happy, but. I was at least aware enough to say, wow, Ole Miss got some really nice fans. Um, you know, Texas, we got an opportunity to go down to Austin and play in Texas. That's a big league ballpark, um, a little bit intimidating there. We were playing them kind of during the COVID times, though, so it wasn't completely packed out, maybe a little less intimidating than it is you know, nowadays. Um, but it's one of those things, man, and I think guys that have played college baseball can kind of attest to this. You settle into it a little bit. Right. You kind of you settle into the atmospheres that you're playing out. I mean, South Carolina Founders Park, you know, that's a that's a big time atmosphere. And so when you're a guy that grew up loving South Carolina, right, the first few games you play there, that's intimidating because you're a little bit nervous. You want to show out for the home team, you're, you know, your home fans. So you kind of settle into the intimidation of it all, I guess, if you will. And some places just seem to be able to uh get under guys' skin. You know, I try not to let that happen to me. I'm super calm and collective all the time. But uh yeah, you know, that some places are just better at getting under guys' skins.
0: I say calm, cool, collected all the time. Revel in the uh revel in the environment. How about it, Elon? Out of the <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll
1: tell you what, Elon, Elon, you got you got an opportunity to go to to Charleston last weekend and see that series. That's a little bit of a a heated little rivalry that we have down there with Charleston. Just always wanted to beat those guys. But Wilmington, especially as well. Wilmington's got some of their fans. They have a, a good little fan base for a mid major program. And um, the mid major games are a little bit more interesting because you can hear everything the crowd's saying, right? Mm-hmm. There's not 8,000 people there. There's 150 people there. So when 20 of the 150 are chirping you, it's a little, you know, you can hear them. So it's a little bit different. I think, honestly, those games might get a little bit more personal just because you can hear every single thing they're saying about you in the crowd. So it makes it fun. Um, and, you know, that's what co- makes college baseball so great, dude. Yeah.
0: I always think too, and it's a bucket list for me. I'd like to be able to pull it off. If East Carolina can hold on to a, a national seed, I, I think the jungle would be pretty stupid, man. Like I, outside of some of the crazy SCC
1: venues, have you, you got y'all play there? Dungle each year at Elon. So we'd play them in a midweek. Actually, fun fact my last swing as a Phoenix was at ECU. Humble brag i hit a home run. So maybe I should have hung him up. Yeah. Um, it was it was right before COVID, It was right before COVID. So eighth inning, ECU. I think we're down like seven to two, six to two. We weren't playing that well that at that time at Elon. Um, I, I hit a home run on my last at bat. My dad's at the game, and he goes. I hope you enjoyed that swing because it could have been your last. And I'm like, I don't – I'm a, I'm, a, you know, I'm in college. I'm not really tuned in onto the, you know, national news that much. I'd heard of COVID, but I'm not really thinking it's going to affect us that much. So I hit a home run. My dad tells me that. We're on the bus ride back the next morning. Coach Kennedy calls us into the locker room and says, season's on hold. And I said, ooh. <laughs> so that that was an interesting little tidbit. I did I did end my Elon career at the jungle hitting the home run.
0: That is an awesome flex. And do you want to see what professional podcasting looks like? Watch this transition from one game to the next. Uh, My last at-bat before COVID, we got in the bus. I'm at George Mason. We head to Radford. We play Radford on a Tuesday, Virginia Tech on a Wednesday. And our SIDs look at me going, hey, man, enjoy your last college baseball games. I go, what the hell do you mean, Dude. I'm just telling you, this, this pandemic is coming, and I'm like, Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I got you. Seriously, I got you, man. Appreciate like telling me my career is about to be over Thanks, man. Uh, sure enough, it was. It was absolutely finito. Uh, absolutely pumped. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night on 398 mile per hour fastballs, uh, up in Hokieland. Um uh, but you know, it was kind of cool, and then we got on the bus and it was all over. But it takes us right into the matchup I want to talk to next.
1: The last one though, as well. Great place uh-huh. to play your last one. I say, great place to play your last one. Not that yeah. Virginia Tech I
0: mean, Yeah, yeah, but I was a cockroach. I didn't let me die. So all of our super, super seniors out there, man, I, I came, I came clawing right back after COVID, man. Still getting my master's. I had money. to.
1: NBA. <laughs> um, if you knew me prior, you know, if you knew me at Elon University, I was always very studious. love the academics. And so when I got the opportunity to transfer, I transferred to the University of South Carolina, not because of baseball, right? I wanted my MBA. That was really what uh, was pushing me. But no, I'm just kidding. Jared Bennett might say that, but I wanted to play baseball. And the MBA was the best degree for me to get in one year. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing it. I think halfway through, I was like, I don't know if they're going to continue to let me do this, but they did. So, you know, that's all that matters is the degree.
0: (laughs) And You got that piece of paper. Yeah, shout out to the boy Jerry. Shout out to the boy Parker White, too. I know you guys had some serious study sessions together. So
1: an absolute genius in the classroom, Parker White. We're hoping to uh see him kick some kick some bombs on Sundays this fall in the NFL. So I know he's got some camp invites and all. So we're excited about that. I already told but, you
0: P White's I, a first time fantasy.
1: Locked in on that. He's he's automatic from 50 and in. I know that. But um, no, good to go back to your Virginia Tech comment. Obviously, we we're going to talk about a little bit, but Virginia Tech and Clemson this weekend. Super exciting matchup up there in Blacksburg. I got to be honest, Eric Bakich has a South Carolina fan. There's something going on. There's a little something going on down there in 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 Anderson at and Clemson right now because they are absolutely rolling, and I feel like Eric Backage kind of has that as as maybe his. His M.O., right? His teams just seem to be getting better as the year goes on each and every year, and I think it's no different down in Clemson right now. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think Tiger Town was hesitant on his arrival, and I think he's proved all doubters, if there were any wrong. Obviously, when you can win in the Big Ten uh, and take a team like Michigan to its first-ever College World Series, you've proven the test of time. But he's gotten the most out of a group um, that I think saw a lot of turnover, Uh, a lot of guys that have kind of left, and he's got a ton of new faces. And I'll obviously a ton of love on the SEC and rightfully so, but the ACC is a very slept on conference with five or six teams that you can make a real argument making a run at Omaha this season. So you're right, man. I I like this weekend, Joe, I think because between both teams, they have the most on the line Um, for Clemson for the first time, winners of 10 of last 11 For the first time this season, they find themselves as a national seed, so they're trying to put themselves, keep themselves in the mix now to stay in that top 16 to be able to host a regional, which is such a gigantic advantage um, in my eyes. But for Virginia Tech, a team that was just a game away from Omaha, its first trip ever, its most successful season in program history a year ago, um, head coach John Sheff made its way over from Maryland, um, has got a ton of talent. but with a lot of turnover, right, you're asking a lot out of guys like Carson Martini and Jack Hurley, who I think are all Americans this year, um, and Drew Hackenberg, who's a horse on the mound. So they're trying to find a way to fight back into the tournament as teams have kind of got them on the bubble. So there's a lot of line this weekend up there. Correct
1: me
2: if I'm
0: wrong. Hackenberg's
1: came on the podcast as well before, correct? It's for the, for the brand. For the brand. <laughs> I, and I just wanted to make sure I- – I'm excited for that series. I think Hackenberg's obviously a dude with all the talent in the world. I mean, can throw the the crap out of the ball. But I think for him personally, and it, I, this will be a great opportunity for him maybe to kind of take that next step in this season that he hasn't really taken in the last few weeks of just having an absolute dominant outing. Um, I do think, and again, my bias might be showing, I think Clemson – maybe a little bit overrated talent-wise, and that's not a shot at Clemson. I think they're outplaying maybe what their talent is today. But I mean that with all due respect. I think they're a very good team that's doing all the right things. I think Cam Canarella at the top of the lineup, Jonathan Engel, or Cooper Engel, excuse me. And then obviously what Caden Grice has done, you know, two-way player starting on Sunday's form, hitting in the middle of the lineup with a lot of power. It's going to be a big, big matchup, and I think it'll be kind of comes down to can the Clemson arms continue to throw well? And can they limit the Hokie power and that that big sledgehammer that the Hokies love to bring out up there in Blacksburg? Can they limit that coming out this weekend? Because that'll be a that'll be a big test.
0: Yeah. How about Grice though, man? Like how annoying, like to be that unbelievably spectacular on both sides of the ball and like really hasn't pitched in his entire career up to this point. And now it's like, I'll just be the crafty lefty that can run it up to 90 and 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 maybe have the sweetest left-handed swing in baseball. It's, it's like not that hard. It's like he's playing wiffle ball.
1: Up a little bit with Caden. Caden was much younger than me, but both from Greenville, South Carolina. So we worked out at the same place. I'll give a little shout out here to my boy Glenn at Athletes Base down there in Greenville. Had a ton of dudes, awesome guy. Um, but Caden would be in there with us all the time. Here I am, I'm five foot 11. I would just grind, I'd be eating everything I could to try to get to a stocked 195. Caden walks in as a 16-year-old high school student. He's six foot three, two twenty-five, and he looks like God literally put him together and stuff. It, it, it's one of those things where I have all the respect in the world for Caden, but I would be lying if I said when I watched him play the game, I wasn't a little bit jealous. He just yeah. seems to do things really naturally; it comes easy to him. And I think where Coach Backage and that coaching staff has maybe challenged him a little bit is on the mental side of of, of the game, right? I mean. Mental side's the most important side. You saw a little bit of immaturity from him earlier in the year during the South Carolina series, kind of got thrown out. But I think he's obviously taken such a big step forward from that time to where he is now a do-it-all guy for Clemson. And I think Clemson's really, really dangerous. As much as I hate to say it, Clemson's really, really, really dangerous this year.
0: I like that, man. We're going to have to clip that and make a graphic. A little man crush uh, Monday for uh, for Joe Sadd on uh, on Caden Grice. We'll have to get him on for sure. But,
1: um, yeah, he's a good-looking
0: guy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I wish I
1: didn't say that now.
0: <laughs> Dude, I, my biggest man crush is Matthew McConaughey. That would be the dream to get him on the pod. I don't think he gives a damn about college baseball, but it would be fun.
1: Play a little bit better and maybe we can get him. I know. We'll we'll load it
0: up. But speaking of Texas, I think as a a diehard Texas Longhorn fan, I won't be able to hide my bias to go to the state of Texas, not ranked this year, a lot of lost pieces from a year ago, but to go to freaking two top 25 teams in the mid-major matchup of the weekend, two teams that are potentially vying for national seed, Dallas Baptist, who's a consistent staple in the top 25 in a regional matchup year in and year out. And then you take a look and go at, man, the UTSA, that's a new face and an unknown kind of commodity in the world of college baseball. And they played unbelievable in the Conference USA this year.
2: Absolutely, dude.
1: I mean, I think the most disappointing thing about this weekend is I was looking it up earlier, how to watch UTSA versus DBU, and it's on conferenceusa.com. So. Unless you want to buy a completely new streaming platform to watch this unbelievable top 25 matchup, we're probably all going to miss it. Um, but I can't talk about DBU without giving a shout out to the pitching coach, Pose the Hose, Micah Posey. Um, he was my pitching coach my freshman year at Elon, and he has had that staff absolutely rolling for the past three years. A lot of depth in their bullpen. They have a starter on Friday night that's going to be 96 to 98 from a funky, funky spot, funky, funky slot, excuse me. But with all that being said and all the respect that I have for Coach Posey, I think this might be UTSA's year to really punch their ticket into the postseason. Last year, they didn't get their call on selection show Monday. They expected it. They had 38, 38 wins last year. This year, I think they sit at 36 wins going into this, this series. A ton of senior leadership, guys like Leighton Barry, Luke Coleman, they're gonna start, that's gonna start for them tonight on Friday night. They're loaded. And I think they brought in a few transfers that are going to be really, really good. It's senior weekend down in San Antonio. I just don't see UTSA losing this series. I think a lot of people think Dallas Baptist are the real deal, and they might be. But I think going to San Antonio this weekend is a tall task, and I have San Antonio taking two out of three. Why oh,
0: you're the best in the business. Man. So runners,
1: cool. baby. That Go so- roadrunners.
0: That was so cool, man. <laughs> we, uh, we're, 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 in the, we're in a mission, ladies and gentlemen. We're on a mission to bring a college game day to college baseball and and you personified it perfectly. Um, Joe and I, myself, uh, but we're just college baseball fisting out as me broadcasting games. I would never, uh, Jeopardize my career that I'm so passionate about. Joe, obviously just passionate. Joe could sit there, turn on five TVs and watch the game, but we're in a world where we understand that gambling is very relevant. So we're going to call upon our bear of the college game day football set. Joe just gave you the expert Kirk Street analysis. Uh, I'll be Lee Corso in this situation and tell you as a guy that calls games weekly, four to five, usually per week. Um, I don't know anything about Dallas Baptist or UTSA. But I'll tell you, based on just mascots and costumes alone, feed me the Roadrunners. Are you kidding me, man? It's the best mascot name. Maybe the best mascot in the country right there. Come on, meet me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what we are going to do is we're going to call upon our guide, Meek Money Miller, um, currently at work right now, a little late call in. We're going to end it on him. He's the perfect crescendo, our fireworks to end the call. Hopefully he answers. He answers. But he's going to be making some picks for us weekly. And um, I think he's a huge asset, I think, not only to us, but our fans. Um, if we can't bribe you over with our sweet, sweet uh, voices, then maybe Meek Money Mill uh, can make a little bit of money for those out there. We would never do it, but but Aaron would. Meek, are you there, bud?
2: I'm here. How are we doing
0: today? Dude, not much, man. You're live on the Pencil Talk pod. How's it work, bud? It's going, man. It's, uh, it's nice and hot in here today. Just
2: how we like it. Uh yeah, but other than that, looking forward to tonight, looking forward to some baseball.
0: Yeah, Matt, well, speaking of hot, man, this is not not only one of the better-looking gentlemen in, this, in the state of South Carolina, but but Aaron, you, you've been hot on the books as well. Um, would you would you mind letting the people know kind of what you're feeding and feeling uh, heading into a really pivotal uh, conference weekend? Yeah, big,
2: big uh, games all around the country this weekend. We're going to go ahead and start with Arkansas and South Carolina. Gamecock's kind of on a skid mid year. Uh we all know about them. We all know they hit the ball well. They're Arkansas, they're a different animal. They won six straight SEC games in a row after a hard, hard loss to Lipscomb in the midweek. <laughs> but uh I expect the Hawks to get a big, 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 big weekend win. Uh sorry, Mr. Joe Satterfield, if you're on the line. Uh I got
0: Arkansas. <laughs> can can we get a can we get a woo-pig, Silly? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cle- Clemson, Virginia Tech. That's it right
2: there.
0: That is clean, man. They, they can use them in yeah. what, do, what do you got for yeah. Clemson, VT?
2: So I'm going to go with the Hokies this weekend. Uh, fun fact for you guys. Hokies have not won a series against Clemson since the 09 season. Pretty crazy. We'll never guess that. But uh, we all know that the Hokies took the ACC championship last year for Clemson and just an absolute bashing, absolute display, home run hitting, so uh, we're going to take the Hokies uh, and Blacksburg this weekend to build the resume for the postseason. Expect the Hammer and Hokies to just keep on swinging. Damn, that
0: is a pro-level answer from a pro-level guy. That's
1: about as good as it gets. what I do. I think I'm owing two against Meek Millie right now. I think I'm owing
0: two. Meek Meek Money Millie has faded Joe Satterfield. Um, Aaron, my producer and director, let me know we only have three minutes left. You've got five picks on the weekend. We're going to post all five uh, for our fans, not Joe and I, but for our fans. The people need to know that Meek Millie has been on quite the tear. Meek, uh, your last pick. We'll post the last two, but I want to hear. I know you're passionate about one of these guys.
2: You are going to give me the team, or you just want me to go ahead and give you one?
0: No, I know I know which matchup you like the best. Aaron's going to send five games, but I know which one he's most excited
2: about out of oh, the, no. the last. I am, I am absolutely most excited to watch some Pac-12 baseball this year. Yeah. I got UCLA over Oregon State in Los Angeles. UCLA, one of the best pitching teams in the country, Uh Jack Holman, a name to watch out for. He is homed in four straight games. He just absolutely matches baseballs. Um, I like them to take at least two or three in the series. If not, take the sweep in Los Angeles. Really, really, really uh, up their way to attack 12 Also name to watch, Darius Perry, the backstop for the, Bru- the Bruins. Uh, behind the dish, number one in the country, throwing out runners by a large margin. Also, another fun fact for UCLA, 18-7 and at home. So just a tough place to go, Los Angeles.
1: All the stats.
0: Oh, I'm telling you, there's nobody better in business. Um, with just a, a minute or so to go, Aaron. Would, I, I, I told you, Joe, I, I'm I'm an East Coast bias guy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I need to do a better job educating myself. Aaron, would you tell the people why you really like UCLA? Uh, I mean that's been
2: an absolute homer here, but Garrett Cole, one of the best of all There he uh, was a brewing. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Also on the team, Trevor Bauer. We How did he do
1: How did they do in the college world series, Aaron? I'm sorry, I lost you
0: there. He said how'd they do in the college world series?
1: Hey we won't talk about that, okay?
0: That was <laughs> How Jackie Bradley Jr. Wanna, uh,
1: yeah the last of for black with Maryfield, go cox?
0: And I think on that note, Aaron, we appreciate you. Well, uh, this will be a weekly thing. We'll uh, we'll post the pics today and and, and good day, sir.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Hey, woo pig suey, Mr. Satterfield.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Joe, I think, I mean, I think we just did our first college game day set. Feel pretty good about it?
1: Loved it. Had a great time and uh, looking forward to doing a lot more of these.
0: Yeah. Pencil talk out, baby. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>